Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me! And Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hello. We got the band back together. It's all together. Woo! Tom wasn't here last time. I can't remember what it was. Was it a clown rodeo or clown? <laughs> it was a well, very he was wrangling clowns. Wrangling. <laughs> clown wrestling. I have never. This is it. All this began is... with a lasso. You know, and the thing is great if you get the lasso around the face, it honks the nose. So that's what oh, they try that's to really do. Cool. You know? Tom, you have a little bit of that makeup right there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sure that was I got cool. nothing. <laughs> That's okay. We got plenty. So I can tell. It's more where that came from. They'll trip over their big shoes if they run too fast. <laughs> yes. It's a slow it's a slow wrestling thing. But anyway, so that that said, uh, we are continuing uh, on our quest to achieve the joyful mysteries, to deep dive into all of these different mysteries here. Uh, and we're on the fourth joyful mystery, which is the presentation in the temple that our Lord uh, is presented by uh, his uh, parents in the temple. And... Uh, you know, the, the, we, we've been talking, we've been approaching these particular mysteries in a way. Uh, what are the fruits that are generated? That's a, it's a great way to do this because as we look at, at all the different mysteries, uh, a lot of times, again, we're, we're just kind of exploring what happens if you were to take a deep dive into these mysteries. So many of us can fall into a, a, a habit or a pattern of just kind of reciting things, right? And uh, And sometimes you get... Like more out of it when you stop and think. Well, what am I actually reciting, and where did this come from, and what's the uh, inspiration here? And and the rosary is a is a extremely. It's probably the most well known of Catholic devotions. And I think that that if we spend a little time uh, in these mysteries and like which one am I meditating upon, and what's going on with this, uh, and so we find ourselves now uh, looking at the fruits. Uh, of the presentation, and there are a couple of fruits we're going to discuss. But um, Sam, you were telling me before the show that you have a, 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 a sort of a personal attachment to the presentation, or a, per, a personal way of looking at the presentation. I, I do, I do, and it's it's an enlightened of devotions that are very personal and special to me that I want to share and, and share why these devotions are related to. Uh, the the presentation of our Lord in the temple, um, and, and the the first I want to begin with uh, the devotion to Our Lady of Good Success. Uh, now, some of you might not be familiar with that devotion. It is a church approved apparition. I think there's a total of seven uh, church approved apparitions that have gone through all the paces of being completely church approved, and Our Lady of Good Success is one of them. It's from Quito, Ecuador, and uh, it's celebrated on the feast of uh, our, uh, the presentation on February 2nd, uh, also known uh, by some as Candlemas, uh, but it's the Feast of Our Lady of Good Success for those who celebrate that devotion. Now, if you're not familiar with the, with the Our Lady of Good Success devotion, the title might sound a little superstitious, right? Like some version of the health and wealth gospel. Uh, like, oh, I'm going to pray this devotion and Our Lady is going to me, make me successful, right? But that's actually because of a bad translation. The original Spanish is buen successo, and it's best translated as good outcome. So really, the way to think of this devotion is Our Lady of a good outcome. And uh, hmm. this devotion is... is personal to me uh, because it's the devotion to which I've consecrated my tech firm. And uh, in the years since we have been building our tech firm, we have experienced many difficulties 
including times when it was hard to have hope, hard to have clarity as to what the right decision might be, hard to see a, a path forward, serious disagreements you know, between brothers who have been brought together within the con- context of the company, seeing things very differently. And in those times, we've all turned to Our Lady of Good Success, seeking a good outcome. Now, uh, you might ask yourself, why is Our Lady of Good Success associated with the presentation in the temple? And we've discussed... Some pre- Sam, why is <laughs> Our Lady of Good Success associated with the presentation in the temple? Great question, Deacon Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm the host. <laughs> okay, so as we've discussed in previous episodes, there were many hardships that were associated with the nativity narrative. So at the beginning of the narrative is the Annunciation, really, because our Lord took, that's when our Lord took on flesh uh, in our Blessed Mother's womb. And, you know, Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and yet she was pregnant before marriage. So that placed a specter of shame over the Holy Family. Joseph had the choice of, of having Mary stoned or divorcing her quietly, or he could take the path that he took, which, is, which resulted in him taking upon himself the shame of this pregnancy. Now, many have said that this is why Joseph and Mary found it so difficult to find room at the end because he took hmm. her in and he took that shame upon himself. And so no one wanted to be associated with the, sh- with that shame. They became outcast to some degree. <laughs> right. right. That's pretty, interesting. pretty powerful considering this is the Holy family. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, and indeed our Lord Jesus, he's born into circumstances that most Jews of that time would find would have found repulsive, right? So uh, to be born among livestock where animals are kept and fed. I mean, m- many ancient Jews would say that those were subhuman conditions. Um, but here, despite the shame and struggle surrounding their betrothal and surrounding Christ's birth, we have this culminating moment, a good outcome. The only begotten son of our heavenly father is now being presented to God by our holy family. And the Christ child is confirmed, as we'll see, by St. Simeon to be the Messiah, the long-awaited hope of Israel. So this is not just a good outcome for the holy family, but it's a good outcome for all of Israel and all of humanity. Uh, And so when I pray the fourth joyful mystery, I typically pray for the bold intercession of our blessed mother under the title of Our Lady of Good Success. Praying, yes, for my company, but also for good outcomes in a variety of different circumstances in my life. Um, and so I wanted to begin that our conversation here with that. And, and actually, there's a second devotional fruit that I think we should also talk about. Because I just said, you know, I made reference that I've consecrated the company to Our Lady of Good Success. Well, we did an episode a couple of years back on the 33-day consecration devotion and i that is very personal to me as well it's it's one of my primary devotions in addition to adoration uh i would say those are um my main ones in addition to of course the rosary but in terms of consecration you know the consecration devotion began with saint louis de montfort the 33 day consecration there's different variations of the consecration devotion um but you you know as we talk today about today's fruits uh i want us to think about how we can also grow either in preparation for consecration or in continuation of our consecration Mm -hmm. if we've already consecrated ourselves. And and let's invite ourselves to think of ourselves as the baby Jesus in the arms of our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, that they, that the Holy Family is there to also individually consecrate us 
to our Heavenly Father as his beloved child. And so I, I wanted to begin this conversation just to tell you guys a little bit about Our Lady of Good Success and why we can use this mystery to, to pray and grow in that devotion. But I also wanted to just invite us to think about consecration, either our consecration we've already brought into our lives. And if you haven't done it yet, as we go through this mystery, yeah, I just really encourage you guys to pray about, is God calling me to consecrate myself to him through Mary or through Joseph or through the Holy Family? Mm-hmm. So that fruit uh, then of consecration, all right, that, that's something that's powerful. A lot of us don't stop and think about, about what we, what like, what, what do we consecrate ourselves, our work uh, to, Right. Right. And we we see at the very beginning of Christ's life, and we're supposed to imitate Christ's life, was an act of consecration. Mm -hmm. You know, and that this was something that was rooted in ancient Israel as a practice, going back to the the ancient laws that, you know, 40 days after uh, a birth, you consecrate the firstborn son, you know, who opened the the mother's womb. Uh, You you consecrate him to God. And, And so there's... That's something that's a very ancient within us, and, and I think that God desires us to all consecrate ourselves to him. And I think that this, this mystery is a powerful reminder of how close consecration is to God's heart. And, you know, it's not just something that is uh, like a ritual. like right. that, that it's like a, 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 it, And it is a ritual. It is a, a, a sacred and religious thing, yeah. right? But, but also it's, it's really uh, at, the, at the heart of it. Uh, there's the spirituality, but then there's also the, the practicality of finding meaning and purpose right. right? in what we do and who we are. And so it's like to consecrate ourselves or our work or that which we're responsible uh, for um, to God is to a- allow now to, to, to put meaning and purpose behind who we are, what we're doing uh, Etc. And, and that is, it changes everything. And there might be somebody in Radio Land right now who's like, um, "This is uh, what's consecration?" You know, they're using this word, and 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 so uh, devotion. Yeah, it's a devotion. And you know, I real quickly just to say, you know, there's a couple of ways of looking at it, but um, it's a total dedication of oneself. Mm-hmm. The the exact phrase, the exact meaning of consecrate is the same. Is is to to set aside, which is interesting because the the, the original meaning of the the word holy within the Jewish tradition kadush is to set aside, and so in a way to consecrate is to make holy, it's to set it aside for God, and so if we are consecrating ourselves to God, we are willfully uh, and intentionally setting ourselves aside for God. If we do it through Mary or through Joseph, we're doing it through their mm, intercession yeah. and inviting them to exer- to intercede for us to help us. You know, set ourselves aside for God in the in the fullest possible way. So that's the the sort of the the, the bird's eye view of what consecration is all about. Yes, and that's a good bird's eye view. <laughs> uh, and, and I guess uh, what I mean by that is we should do that kind of thing more often. Absolutely, right? Because if we don't, then we're kind of just. Uh, you know, along with everybody else is kind of milling about wondering what we're doing in life. And we have here also two additional, more traditional fruits that are more in line with what we had done in our previous episodes, but they line up as you'll see with consecration. Uh, And I think arguably also with, with, uh, Seeking a good outcome in, in difficult moments. So, what is one of those uh, so, fruits? So, uh, Sam, <laughs> obedience is the one that uh, we'll lead with. I got a problem with that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and, and of course, if we're going to live a life that's consecrated to God, it must be a life that's rooted in obedience to God. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> and it looks good on paper, but it's not easy. It's not right. easy, and in fact, it's impossible except 
what's made possible by God's grace. Right, through his grace. And that's the only way it's going to happen. Right. Right, which is, again, obedience comes into play because we have to be willing to accept God's grace. Right. Right, and his design for our life. And that's, of course, that's going to, there's other fruits we could talk about, side fruits like vulnerability and humility yes. and willingness and things like that. So so uh, that that's going to be, that's going to be, that's a tough one. It is, it is. Uh, but I think as we'll see, uh, the Holy Family and uh, in Jesus himself as well, because he, you know, being co-eternal with the Father, he placed himself in this exact moment yeah. in obedience to this moment, as did our Blessed Mother and, and, and uh, St. Joseph uh, placed themselves in this moment in obedience. And, uh, and so I think that there's a lot that, we, that they can teach us about obedience here that we can incorporate into our everyday lives that can help us grow in uh, in our consecration. Yeah, so let's look at the scriptures. Let's go to, to Luke chapter 2, and, and let's, let's start reading at, at uh, verse 22. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate of the law in the in the the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Messiah of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let go, let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for, re- the, for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword shall pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. Mm. That's a, that's, there's a lot of stuff packed in there. Oh my goodness, yes. That's an amazing passage. Uh, and I think it, t- it teaches us a lot about obedience. In the, in the first, I think it's, it's important for us to take a look at those first three verses. Where So, when the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of God. Right, so there's right right off the bat, there are things that they have to do according to the law. Exactly, right. Good Jews are going to do this, and because and for those of who don't know, under Jewish law, a woman is considered ritualistically unclean after giving birth, and so she's supposed to appear in the temple after for for forty days for a ritual purification. Now, here, however, Mary, she's the immaculata. She's immaculately conceived, and Jesus is God Himself. 
co-eternal with the Father, taking on flesh to enter through her immaculate womb. You know, can't be unclean. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, is Mary made unclean by the birth of Jesus? No, you know, <laughs> no, and 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 Jesus being God Himself. Right. And, you know, I liken that to like Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan. Yes, it wasn't for the forgiveness of sins, right? But essentially to open up that forgiveness to everyone, right? And yet, and yet, Mary, she was obedient to the law. I mean, they didn't make specific re- uh, reference to her going into the mikvah baths, but you know that she did, and that right. was the, the part of the ritual, you know, for purification. If she hadn't, they probably would have made note of it. They probably <laughs> would have made note of it. Yeah, yeah. They would have said, like, and Mary said, I'm not going in those. No. I don't need that. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, the fact that she... She would never she say that. never <laughs> would say that. Right. Exactly. And, th- and that's because of her obedience, which, by the way, is tied to her purity. She is pure because she's obedient. She heard the word of God and she obeyed. She gave her fiat, like we said in the first, uh, when we talked about the first fruit, the Annunciation. And, and similarly, by the way, the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, you know, that was a sacrifice for those who were poor. You know, wealthy people paid a larger, a large tribute to the temple and they had a, a sliding scale and the poor, if they didn't have money to present and consecrating their child, uh, their son to the uh, to, to God in the temple, they would have to go out in the wild and just capture two turtle doves or two pigeons to present them as a sacrifice. Mm. And so Jesus is the only begotten, only begotten son of God. Does anyone think that our heavenly father would have rejected Jesus for lack of two turtle doves? No. No. <laughs> and yet, you know, Jesus submitted himself. He you know, he's co-eternal with the Father. He stepped into time. He subjected himself to the Holy Family, and the Holy Family hum- humbly subjected themselves to the law, and uh, and and they took the extra steps of capturing the turtle doves in order to make this uh, presentation of Jesus in the temple. Whenever we when we pray when we pray these. Mysteries. When we're doing this devotion, yeah. particularly, and we're and we're deep diving into the presentation of the Lord in the temple, um, you know. So obedience. We look at obedience when, and we read that, but we really need to apply more to like, like how how does this apply to us? Yes. Right. We have to look at ourselves now, uh, and what can we what can we get out of this? Not just about what the Holy Family did, but what about us? Well, and and how I think we could use this to ask ourselves the tough questions. Are we finding reasons to excuse ourselves from the law, to excuse our sins, to excuse our lack of discipline, for example, uh, including discipline in our prayer life and our spiritual life? You know, let's remember the serpent's message in the garden. Did God really say that? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we can sort of join that messaging and asking ourselves, you know, did God really say that I should set aside, you know, some time to pray every you know, day? You know? that, 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 that brings up a great point because... because um, you know, sin is not the result of accidents, right? Right, mm-hmm. in happenstance, or you're not held accountable for something you didn't uh, do that, that that you didn't create or you didn't drive, right? And so, essentially, our lack of obedience, so trying to excuse ourselves, yes. find excuses for the reasons why I didn't keep that law, keep that commandment, why I didn't do that good thing. Um, I mean that that's that's the heart of all this. That's exactly. ultimately it's disobedience. Mm-hmm. We we know the rules, we know the law, right? And then we try to excuse ourselves. And well, and I think the next fruit is important because it helps put our our uh, this fruit of obedience into context. Because a lot of times people just say obedience for the sake of obedience. Gee, that sounds like just slavery. 
You know what I mean? That doesn't sound. Uh, oh, well, you hear the word robot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we Catholics, you're robots. You're, you're like re- reciting rote uh, prayers. Too many rules. Yeah, they've got all these rules, one after the other. It doesn't sound like And love. you've lost the heart of it. Yes, exactly. It doesn't sound like love. And so we're going to shift here exactly to love and to the... Uh, it, it, I think it helps us understand the obedience being manifested here to, to also look at this mystery in terms of charity. And and I, I think it's important for us to also first step back. Let's take let's do a recap of our previous episodes. First joyful mystery, uh, the Annunciation, we talked about humility, which is the wellspring of all virtue. Second joyful mystery, one of the fruits we discussed was faith. The third joyful mystery, one of the fruits we discussed was hope. Faith, hope, and what could be next? <laughs> what could be next? Right. And so as we unpack the fourth joyful mystery, we have an opportunity to discuss this third theological virtue, charity. But here we can focus in on the charity of God. So to, to, to address this, let's zero in on the verses where Saint, of St. Saint Simeon. St. Simeon says, uh, came in the spirit into the temple. And when, he, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you, can let, you, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen the, your salvation which you have prepared in the, in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to, the, to Mary, his mother, uh, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and, he will, and, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's so beautiful. And you know, a lot, a lot of people don't realize that in the liturgy of the hours, this is night prayer. Yes. So a person praying the liturgy of the hours, that 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 fifth hour, that last hour, right. when they pray that, they're saying these words of Simeon every night. It's almost like, Lord, if you're going to take me, take me now. Right, right. <laughs> well, in, in, in those first words, you can see why Our Lady of Good Success is associated with this mystery. When St. Right. Simeon says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of uh, all good peoples, a light, uh, of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people mm-hmm. Israel. So we said, it's, like we said before, it's, it's not just a good outcome for the Holy Family, but for all of Israel and all of humanity. But at what cost? Right, it's a good outcome, but at what cost? So here we learn to the, turn to the last two verses. Uh, Behold, this child is destined for the rise and fall of many in Israel to be a sign that will be contradicted. And to Mary, he says, "And you yourself, a sword will pierce, and so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed." So what comes to mind here for me is for so God for God so loved the world, He gave us His only Son, John three sixteen, and, and Jesus was a willing participant in the sacrifice. To quote Jesus in John ten, "No one takes my life from me; I freely lay it down." And here, too, of course, we see obedience, quoting Philippians 2. He was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. No greater love than this, to lay, than to lay one's life down for a friend. And Jesus said, I call you my friends. And indeed, this is the charity of God, that he would lay his life down for us. And our Blessed Mother, she was obedient to this. She was acting in union with God's charity and continued to do so as she joined Jesus at Calvary, standing behind him at the cross. So here we see God's love for us, and we are to share in his love, and the, and the path to that is obedience to him, including obedience to take up our own cross and follow him. You know, And if we're going to be consecrated to him, it must come in that form, and obedience to God, and the fruit of that is charity and by the way, that is a good outcome for our lives because if the you know if we are growing in charity in our lives by our obedience to Him and in living out our consecration, right? Then at that point we are 
we are fulfilling our call, which is to be a, a child of God to, mm-hmm. who is love. And to, you know, we are being prepared for living in eternity in communion of love with him. Sam, you know, when you say it like that, it just makes it sound so easy and so beautiful. <laughs> you know? Really does. Uh, there, there, there really still are lots of challenges here, yes. right? And that's why this is this is like such a cool deep dive in the presentation because a lot of people are like, you know, uh, you know, their rosary kind of goes like presentation in the temple, yada 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 yada, right. you know. And then there, there really is like so we really need to stop and look at this particular mystery and say, like, what are we presenting to God? Yeah. Do we even present ourselves to God? We'll, we'll say things like, well, he's God. He knows me. He knows all this stuff. And, and we end up talking about God to ourselves. Yes. Right. And that's part of how we excuse ourselves from being held accountable for the things that we do. Or maybe we hide in shame like Adam and Eve. Right. When they when they when they first were sinful and they just kind of like go and hide in the bushes, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 sow fig leaves together. Right. And and so we, we do that. Right, but 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 if we if we really like stop and go like you know what Lord I'm I'm not gonna be um, I'm not gonna be disobedient and and I want to live uh, in your charity uh, and I want to accept that I want to accept that love and so I give you myself I present myself to you I mean that's a, to consecrate yourself to God and allow and allow Mary and Joseph to consecrate us too and and I, the last thing to say is. Uh, we love because God loved us first. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what this is revealed in this passage. He loved us first, and he's inviting us to share in that love. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where it's important to remember Deus Caritas Est, right? God <laughs> is love, mm-hmm. right? So everything God does, everything God breathes is is love. And that's where we're challenged, I think, uh, on, a, on a regular basis um, with that. Because we, I, it's, it's almost like we refuse that love. Mm. Uh, when I when I do, uh, there's a grace talk that I do at the at the Curcio in the Curcio movement, where I talk about the fact that God's grace it pours out of Him like rain down onto the earth and on onto us, and and we spend our whole life, uh, you know, putting an umbrella up so that we don't get wet. Right? <laughs> right. We, we don't like to be wet. We don't like to, and so we refuse God's grace. And really, what we need to be doing. Uh, it's a real opener, I think, when people hear this. But it's like we actually need to like throw away the umbrella and soak in that grace, mm. soak in the rain, get soaking wet in God's grace, uh, and and better yet, turn the umbrella upside down and catch it all, right? And so, and this is part of uh, this presentation. So when we present ourselves, and you know what? It's not just ourselves; it's the work that we do, the things that we're responsible for, and when is the last time that you looked at your children and, and said, like, this kid right here? I present him or her to you, Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to raise them in you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a, that's a game changer. That's a world changer. Mm-hmm. So let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us in this endeavor in the presentation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.